Will you turn with me in your pew Bibles to page 966, Matthew chapter 1. Page 966. Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18 through to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Praise God for the gift of his powerful word. Thanks, Mike. Good morning, everyone. And if I don't see you tomorrow, happy Christmas. Great to have you with us. I'm Colin. I'm the pastor here. Um, As every other Sunday of the year, the kids have got their own program. Today, they're here. So I don't want anyone to be stressed out about the children. That's why we have microphones so we can speak over them. Okay, good. (laughs) Anyway, it's nearly here, isn't it? It's nearly here. Can you believe it's come round already? One more sleep until Christmas Day. So I wonder what is on your mind. What will be on your mind when you go to sleep tonight? Have we got enough sprouts? Will everyone like their gifts? Why do I leave it all to the last minute every year? That sort of thing. Well, this morning I want to take us out of our own heads and into Joseph's head on that first Christmas Eve. Now, of course, Joseph didn't know it was Christmas Eve. It wasn't invented yet. um, But, you know, that night before... Jesus was born, what might he have been thinking about? I mean, just having a pregnant wife is stressful enough, isn't it? Where's Kristen? Kristen, could you come up here, please? (laughs) Now, you may notice something about Kristen. Apart from the fact she's very pretty and everything, she's also just on side on for us. Now, I've got three children. We've got three children. And... With all three, I found myself staring at Sharon's mouse belly and thinking, just being blown away by the inevitability, inevitability of it all. It's a long word for Christmas. Inevitability of it all. No hand signals now. One way or another, this baby is coming out. <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing, isn't it? However uh, unlikely or impossible that, that seems to me, this baby is coming out. Thank you, Christine. Give her a Christmas era. 
Joseph, of course, had much more than Tim's got to think about. Joseph had much more to think about because his and Mary's Christmas Eve had the most amazing backstory in history. And there's an outline in your leaflets there if it helps you follow. Because we've got a real miracle with a real reaction. So Matthew, the writer of this biography of Jesus, um, he doesn't try to convince us here. He just gives us key facts. So if you look at verse 18 in your Bible, chapter 1 of Matthew there. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So just the facts, Mary and Joseph were engaged, Mary became pregnant, and Joseph definitely wasn't the dad. Mary had become pregnant through the Holy Spirit. This baby was God's son. Now, in general life, when we hear something like that, a claim that something miraculous, something outside what we know of how things normally work has happened, we tend to go, yeah, right, don't we? It's an unlikely, seemingly impossible thing to happen. But did you notice the Bible doesn't present this all romantically in Christmas cardy. Joseph isn't all, well, it's Christmas and Christmas is all about miracles. No, have a look. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law uh, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. This first Christmas begins with division. Disappointment, a broken heart. It was complicated and messy, like a lot of our families are at Christmas. But Joseph is a good bloke, and he loves Mary. And see, back then, being engaged or betrothed was, was more of a big deal in their culture, and it was almost like being married. And in their sort of shame on a culture... Joseph could have had Mary publicly shamed, or worse. But instead, he chooses the least fuss, most compassionate way he can leave Mary, minimizing her shame. Because from Joseph's point of view, his betrothal to to Mary's engagement had meant that their marriage was definitely going to happen. But now it seemed to him that Mary's doing the wrong thing had got in the way of that. If you find it hard to believe that Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit, if you think this kind of thing just doesn't happen, remember that those in the story, in the events themselves, thought exactly the same thing. That the Bible, in its own frame of reference, treats this as miraculous, as unbelievable. But what if... It's true. What if the history of the world really does include Mary's child being the son of God? Matthew, the author of this gospel, will go on to show us much more about Jesus that helps us to know that he really is the son of God. But back to Joseph. He doesn't have the advantage of knowing how Jesus will turn out. 
So God sends direct word to help him. Verse 20. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So however unlikely or impossible this situation seems, God has got it under control. What God wants to happen will happen. Nothing is going to stop his plans. And we find out what his plan is through this baby's name. Because the angel tells Joseph, verse 21, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So what's in a name? I'm not sure what my name thinks means. I think Colin. I think it means... I thought we were having a girl, something like that. <laughs> but Jesus has a meaning. Jesus means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. So Jesus' very name tells us we need saving. We can't save ourselves, but he can. Now, if you just look back a page in your Bible there. Matthew's biography of Jesus begins with his genealogy, like sort of a list of his ancestors on Joseph's side. Funny way to start a a book, isn't it? But for Jewish people reading this, they'd have known the stories behind all those names. So it's like if you're a Star Wars nerd and you go and see The Last Jedi, you, you pick up on all the visual and script and soundtrack reminders of links to the previous films and it brings a lot of memories back. Now, That list of names is like a rogues gallery. It's like a potted history of God's dealing with humanity. And the story it tells of over and over again is God reaching out gracefully to rescue us and bring us back to where we belong in right relationship with him. And in that genealogy, there's flashes of hope and brilliance and godliness But overall, it's a testament to the fact that things were still not quite right. God's people had never had a king or a prophet good enough to turn them back to God and rescue them permanently. They kept messing things up, and we keep messing things up. Now, have you watched any Christmas movies this season? I love a Christmas movie. I'm not talking about good ones like Die Hard. I'm talking about proper schmaltzy Christmas movies like Miracle on 34th Street, that kind of thing. And some of them are good. But they've all got a message, haven't they? They've all got some good thing that they're supposed to remember at Christmas. Love or togetherness or family, um, giving, um, having faith over cynicism. And they're usually good, commendable things that they're recommending that will make the Christmassy season feel special and good and harmonious. And it's no surprise because the things they recommend are straight out of God's playbook on, on how to live well. But like any moralizing, any sort of telling you how to live right, they're a band-aid. The temporary changes in behavior and outlook for Christmas are just that, temporary. 
Because the real problem is a problem of the heart. We need changing in our hearts at the core of who we are to turn us back to God. And we need rescuing from the consequences of our hearts, turning away from God or from ignoring God. So at that point in the recording, um, the recorder ran out of space. But hey, it's Christmas. Miracles happen at Christmas. Um, So I'm going to just read out for you the rest of the sermon. Um, Just recording this about a week later. So where was we? Where were we? Yeah, Jesus' very name tells us we need ourselves saving. We can't save ourselves, but he can. But how? If Jesus really is God's promised king, what's so special about him that means he will succeed in fixing the problem between God and humanity when everyone else has failed? Well, Matthew shows us that Jesus' conception and birth is fulfilling a prophecy given by Isaiah more than 700 years earlier. It went like this. Verse 22. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. At Carol's we heard how in John's Gospel, uh, Jesus is called the Word, and has been part of who God is for all eternity. Jesus is God the Son, through who and for who this whole world, you, me, Everything and everything everyone we know was made for. What if every new advance in science is discovering the handiwork of this baby? What if every song or piece of art or book is riffing off themes from a world created by this baby? And what if every heartbeat, if life itself, came from this baby? Wouldn't you want to know more about him? Wouldn't you want to know why he'd come into the world? This is the extent of God's love for us. That he would send Jesus, God the Son, to be born as one of us. To live as the perfect human being. So that when he gave up his life for us, his perfect sacrifice would make us right with God. All we have to do is trust and believe in him. If you're staying with relatives over these holidays, or have some staying, spare a thought for Joseph, pondering all of this as as they bunk up with rallies in Bethlehem, and Mary's getting close to the birth. I wonder what went through his mind. Just becoming a dad is scary enough. But what if what the angel told him is true? We don't know what Joseph thought, but we do know what he did. Verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. All this would have been costly to Mary and Joseph. Joseph giving Jesus his name is tantamount to claiming Jesus as his own son. They'd have had to endure the same the shame that their culture bestowed upon a, a couple getting pregnant before marriage. 
all the sniggers and tutting behind their back. And Christians, we're treated like we're stupid or gullible for believing in Jesus' virgin birth. But Mary and Joseph thought it was worth it because they knew it was true. And we know it's worth it because anyone who investigates Jesus will find so much that adds up to all he claims to be, to be true. What was on Joseph's mind that first Christmas Eve? Who knows? But what's on yours? Give some thought to the fact that however unlikely or impossible it seems, Jesus' birth is the beginning of the inevitable. The beginning of God's plan definitely happening. God loving us so much, he is born as one of us in order to save us once and for all. God. So Jesus' very name tells us we need saving 